4: Soul, soul, just let it flow. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline.
5: I am here with the living legend Jessamine Stanley. I am so inspired by you for so many reasons one yoga has changed your life which it has changed mine completely so much that you've become a yoga teacher you have now been in ads for like Adidas and Gatorade doing yoga you are breaking all sorts of boundaries for body image you are such a spokesperson for all types of people and you're using your voice and your platform in such a powerful way that it always is just such an honor to get to talk to women like you who are are breaking barriers that just need to be broken that we were kind of talking about earlier it's like
6: how do we even have some of these same conversations you know totally you know I really feel like I've never intentionally tried to break a barrier if I'm being like really honest I feel like I've always just been trying to exist frankly like I've just been trying to be myself, to accept myself. And in the process of accepting myself and saying like, I don't have to apologize for existing. I can just be who I am. In that process, barriers are broken. I'm like, okay, so everybody should do that. We should all just be living our truth and that's how we can break barriers.
5: That is so true because I have been in this big shedding phase, I'm calling it lately. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I was in the entertainment industry forever, doing music and chasing this dream, and then doing reality shows. And like, I didn't have a whole lot of self worth um, in as in me as a human. I was chasing validation okay. through like. The way i looked or trying to like make certain people like me and like be you know people pleasing and all this stuff and i uh, i talk about this all the time so everyone who listens to my podcast i'm sorry i'm harping on this but i used to have like long blonde hair and lashes and all this stuff because i wanted to be what i thought i had to be pretty to be accepted and recently i've just cut it all off i've dyed it my natural color i've pulled off all my lashes like i've stopped doing botox for a second and i'm like who am i like can i love myself for me, you know, without the pressure of who I think I need to look like, who I think I need to be, how I think society will accept me. It is so hard to accept ourselves because there's so many layers put on us.
6: That is exactly right. And I was just thinking when you were saying that, like, I so identify with everything that you're saying. When I was a kid, especially, I was upset. I thought that I thought the way that I looked was fundamentally bad. It wasn't even really? like that it was wrong. It was just like it's bad. Really? Because there was so little representation of people who looked like me. And I really felt like because and I came up during the like Jennifer Love Hewitt, Olsen twin, Sarah Michelle Geller era. And like during that time it was like if you don't have a tiny waist and long straight hair and white skin, then you're and I grew up in a predominantly white community. So I felt like because those beauty standards have absolutely nothing to do with me, that there was something wrong with me. And it's just been this like very slow reclamation of myself that I still feel like I'm absolutely into this day because your body is constantly changing is the thing about it. So that as soon as you accept one thing, then another thing goes and you're like, oh, now no, I can't, there's nothing stable. And so for me, I mean, a big piece of it, and I talked about this a little bit in my first book, Everybody Yoga, but I talked about how my hair, I had this mm. whole complex around like what my hair looked like. And like I used to exclusively wear my hair braided. And I can give a little bit of backstory about that. Um, well, no, I don't really need to go into no, it. Let's hear, in let's, hear, let's hear a little bit. Okay. Just a okay. little bit. Excellent. Just a little bit. Basically, I used to have my hair locked in dreadlocks. My mom's hair is still locked. She locked it when I was, about eight. So she was like in her early thirties. And, um, it was like this really big deal for her. She was like, this is us reclaiming our identity as black women. And I had no context for that whatsoever. All I knew was that my hair looked really different than everybody else that I went to school with. And I got made fun of a lot for my hair and I had a whole complex around it. And then my mom got really sick and she was bedridden for years and almost died. And during the time that she was in the hospital, one of her really close friends who had never liked my hair, she asked me if I would like to have my hair braided. And I wanted to look like everybody else. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so she cut off all of my locks and gave me a perm. It was uh, like one of the most notable perms of my life. And she braided it. And I felt so much better because I was like, I look so much more like other people. And I proceeded to wear my hair braided for the next like 13 years. And I would like never let anybody see me with my natural hair. Like the way that my hair is right now, I would never let anybody see me like that. And so, but I went through this whole period of like really hating myself in this really intense way. And the last When you
5: were having the braided hair, you were hating yourself?
6: Yeah. So this is like age 10 to age like 23-ish. Okay. So like when I was around 23, somewhere between when I was like 23, 25, I started to slowly start changing my hair. Like first I cut it, then I was like not wearing it braided, but I would still like do very specific styles with it. But the last 10 years especially have been me really trying to reclaim what my natural hair looks like to a point where for a long time I would never get my hair braided or never get anything done to it because I was like, I don't trust that I'm accepting myself. Like Mm. I still feel like I'm trying to change myself. Mm. And I'm finally Mm. to a place where I'm like, Okay, I think I can get my hair braided sometimes. Or, like, I think I can try new hairstyles. But, like, it's only been because I'm like, look, you need to look in the mirror for real. And, like, just get down with who you are now. Not who you think you should be or who anybody else thinks you should be. But just who you really are. That
5: is so powerful and brings tears to my eyes. Because it is a fight to love ourselves as we naturally are and Mm -hmm. to fight for yourself like this inner voice inside of you is so fiercely fighting for your self-love and i feel like mine is speaking up for me too like right now in this Mm -hmm. season it's like just stop covering yourself up Mm -hmm. just let Mm -hmm. it be like who are these people that i am like Worried about fitting in with and ex- getting acceptance of. If I can't love myself stripped down to who I am, then I'm. That's the that's the that's the rock in my shoe right there. That's the problem that's going to cause all the other problems.
6: Something that is so interesting to me is how much everybody struggles with self hate and um, and a lack of self acceptance and that when we experience somebody else being judgmental of us or critical it's usually because they are being critical of themselves and that's something that like it's really hard for me to remember this but it's the thing that i always try to come back to whenever i feel judged by somebody is like especially somebody that i love because that is the harshest critique is from like It's always from your family members or your partner, spouse, your best friends. Like they'll be saying like really nasty things about, and sometimes they're not even saying things about you. They're saying things about themselves or about other people. And then you start judging yourself based off of whatever it is that they're saying. And I'm always trying to remind myself that like, they're just hurting too. They just feel ashamed of themselves too. And I have, so this is not quite on topic, but a little bit, um, it reminded me of this. Um, Some years ago, I was teaching a yoga workshop in London and it was like a packed class and You don't really need all these details, but it's notable to me. It was like a very hot yoga class. Like The room was really hot. It was a hot studio. And it was so packed with people. And I could not leave to go to the bathroom. And I ended up peeing on myself during this class. I'm mentioning this because it was like on my mind when this next thing happened. I'm like, oh my God, I peed on myself. Can other people tell this? But after the class, this guy came up to me to say thanks. And he was like very much like a traditional like hot guy, you know, he's like uh-huh. tall and thin, like looks like a model. And he's like, um, he's like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for that class. Like, you know, I've just been feeling really down on myself and this class made me feel really empowered and blah, blah, blah. And I was just looking at him and I mean, I'm thinking like, Oh my God, I just peed. Can you tell that I just peed? But I was also <laughs> thinking like, this guy has body issues. Like literally he looked just like, like you would see him in an ad today, yeah. you know? And I was just like, literally everybody has body issues. And especially people I think who look more mainstream because I've I've often thought that it's like a benefit that, that I didn't see myself more represented because I feel like if I had, then I would have felt more like I needed to fit into the models that were being shown that is like low-key a blessing to not see myself represented because I feel like people who do see themselves represented get it the worst ultimately because you're like trying to find the way that like you can be perfect and it can eat away at every part of you because the
5: the the uh the prototype has already been l- laid out like the the x y and z has already been presented so you're saying like because you didn't necessarily see that you've gotten to be that which is yeah then get to be yourself
6: yeah I mean I think that the so the double-edged sword of that is that you then have to like be okay with not having community and be okay with not having anyone except you and it is very very lonely and i think that self-acceptance in general seems more fun than it is like it it sounds like very buzzworthy yeah but it's it's like it kind of sucks sucks. it's totally
5: it's a sucky journey like the whole journey to get there sucks Balls, like it literally Literally. does because like in order to get to the self-acceptance you have to identify where the pain point is where the insecurity is where the hurt is where the uh, trauma is where the triggering is where all that is and then you have to go into it and you have to like understand it and you have to get to know it and like get to the root of it which takes sometimes years if not a lifetime you literally,
6: know. <laughs> literally yeah i think it is a lifetime though that's the thing is that i feel like if you're still here on this planet there's still lessons to learn so yes. it's like if as long as you draw breath the journey's not over and like the good part has barely even started and you can just know that like if you just ride the wave and go with it you're getting what you need
5: so you As this incredible woman that you are, you have now been so noted in huge outlets, like the cover of Cosmo. I mean, come on, that's huge. You've been on Good Morning America, you've been on CNN, People, Washington Post, you're all over the place. Like I said, you're in ads for Gatorade, for Adidas, like you are this face. So what is it like being the face of change when people, Aren't necessarily wanting to accept it either because we were talking earlier like when you went on uh pierce morgan he had a big old rant about how he didn't approve of your cosmo cover you know and it's like what do you do about that when people are publicly talking about you who's just trying to live authentically (laughs)
6: literally um well okay so one thing i will say is that i'm very grateful for the bullies that bullied me when I was in middle school. I was, I say, I'm saying it with tongue in cheek, obviously, but um, they really prepared me for all of this. Yeah. 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 Because what I learned from that experience of being bullied was that only sad people, only hurt people, hurt people. Mm. So if someone is bullying you, it's because they are in deep pain. And in general, to go back to your actual question, like, what do you do? My feeling is like, I can't be doing anything for other people. Like, oh, if I yes.
5: So you are not people, people pleasing.
6: You are out of that yeah. business. It's well, when I start, so when I started sharing my yoga practice on social media, it was literally just so that I could find community because I was really feeling very isolated in my yoga world. Like, I didn't know, I didn't have a lot of yoga community. And so I was just like, Are there other people out there who are into the same things that I'm into? And mostly I had people being like, I didn't know that fat people could practice yoga. And I was just like, fat people do all kinds of things. Like, here's, I am a fat person. Let me show my life. But I wasn't thinking like, how can I do that? How can I be approved of by someone else? And so not starting from that place makes it, I think, a little bit easier for me it makes it a little bit easier for me to say, I don't really care that much what somebody else thinks of it, because I didn't do it for them. And that's but a key
5: thing I do want to like just emphasize for everyone listening, like the difference of doing something for the right reason, which is you were doing it for you, for your community yes. to express your love, to express your light, to express what you are interested in, not for anyone else and I think that is so key to note that
6: that doing it yes. for you yes and but in that process I will say that you know the attention of other people is a drug and it makes you feel like like I need more of that I would like to have that and so even now, sometimes people will reach out to me with negative feedback and it will totally get to me. I'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, like, but especially because like I have all kinds of tenderness that people don't know about where like they're really striking at wounds inside of me. But the thing that I always try to come back to, it's like twofold. Well, it's really like threefold. One part of it is like, does this, is this true to me? Does it feel good to me? Um, The other piece is like, Am I doing this for me or am I doing it for someone else? Mm. And then the other piece is what's going on in that person's life that would make them come to me with this negative energy? Because I really believe that no one who is feeling good wants for other people to feel bad Okay. Like, I think that generally whenever people are sated and they're happy, they only want for you to feel sated and be happy. So that if I'm being trolled, I know that that person is going through it. Whatever it is that's happening in their life, it's it sucks for them. And they look at me and they're offended by my happiness. They're, mm. they're offended by the idea that I could find joy when they're not finding joy And they want to make me not experience joy because they're not experiencing it. Oh, that is a powerful energy right there. It is very powerful energy, very big magic. And it's totally reasonable to me. I'm like, that feels very human. And I can understand that. And I can be compassionate toward that. So that my reaction is like, this is a way for me to practice yoga, for me to really be sitting in what it is for another person's pain to be real and relevant and that I don't have to make it about me and that I can just like, just let it be. But I mean, definitely there are times where it gets to me and times where I'm like, that person tried it and I don't care for that. And like, there have been times I remember one time, oh my God, on my first book tour, I was like, it was one of those things where it's like, you're in a different city every day. And it was just like really intense, you know? And like, I got to this, I was in Washington Reagan airport and I had like run to my gate and I had like five minutes before I was supposed to get on the plane. And I just like looked at Instagram because I'm a masochist. I looked at Instagram and I saw, Somebody talking shit. I don't remember what they were saying, but I was like, "I can't believe they would be saying that." And I just like went in in the comments. I was just mm. like, "Oh, I cannot." And so I like I'm going in on them, and then I was just like, "I need to delete all of this. This is not." But you know I what know, I've this. realized.
5: Jessamyn is like I'm starting to realize this so much it's about energy like I never I always have understood that it's about energy but I haven't always operated that it's about energy Mm -hmm. because it's like what you're saying when somebody comes in at you when you are trying to live your highest and best self to the best of your ability and you're doing the best you can to put out what is your best to the world. If someone comes in and and meets you with energy and they're trying to take you down to this level of conflict Mm -hmm. and fighting and taking down, taking power, like positive power away from you, taking your energy life force away from you, then I have to make the decision that I will not agree with that energy. Like I will not agree to meet you here. And so I like, like you deleting those comments. It's like, I do not agree with what you're saying. And so I am not going to make that energy agreement with you because yes. if I make that energy agreement with you now, I have I what my high energy was. And like what my light was now has dimmed to meet you at your negativity. And so I finally, that has finally clicked for me because like, I used to, it's like, you got to go fight back. You got to go tell them how to, but it's like, actually, No, because now I have lowered my energy and I am agreeing that I am worth that negative energy, which I am not.
6: That is exactly right. It's literally like, where, because it's not even about the other person at that point. Right. It's like, what kind of energy are you trying to put out in the world? Are you trying to put out hateful energy or loving energy? And then it gets a lot more clear from there, but it is really hard, like really hard. And there's a reason that people don't do it. And like, I feel like I want to make space for that too, because I think that there comes this place of like toxic positivity and also like uh, signal shaming or something where it's like like if i said if i say this is how i behave then another person will be like well i didn't appreciate when somebody was talk was being mean to me and so i said whatever to them and i'm like please do what your spirit calls you to do if your spirit calls you to connect with another human being over the pain that they brought into your life do it like please feel free to because we're all on our own path and like everybody is doing whatever it is that they need to do and sometimes like you have to have that experience of bringing hateful energy into the world to know that you don't want to do that
0: hi i'm michael rapaport and i'm Kibi rapaport and together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's reality podcast, reality podcast.
1: Rappaport's reality—the reality, the
0: reality a of us—we're figuring bit. out. And <laughs> if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been. Ooh, it would have been The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen
1: to Rappaport's reality with me,
0: Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher.
5: You know what? I totally agree. I, one time, I'll never forget this. Like I, I I do within my natural personality, I can have a hot temper. Like I can like quickly Mm -hmm. have a fuse, but I've worked on it. And now that that, that's really like gone away a lot. Like, cause I've understood that about myself and like really worked on it. Oh my God, your dog is so cute.
6: No, he's (sighs) very cute. Yes.
5: (laughs) But I, one time my dog, I had, had a friend stay with me and she had a baby and her baby had diapers and stuff, and my dog had gotten into the trash and like literally had torn <laughs> up dirty poop oh diapers. No. Also, oh no. it was like that time of the month for me no. and so like that just imagine all of that spread all over like my couch, my carpet, my floor. No. And I like rage came over me. I felt it. I felt rage and I like raged on my dog and like after I did it, I have never felt so terrible in my life Mm -hmm. that I put that energy out that I allowed myself to lose control of myself like that and to like have anger for like an accident. It was a dog, a puppy, you know, it's like the fact that I reacted in that way, I was so upset with myself with the way I felt Mm -hmm. when then like seeing my dog and knowing how much I love my dog and like that I could actually do that like you know the shame was huge but because of that experience I know I will never let myself have that moment again with anyone or anything
6: that's exactly right sometimes it takes that's a huge thing in yoga is like It's not always about doing the right thing or saying the good thing or being a nice person. Sometimes it's about being bad and doing the wrong thing and hurting someone's feelings. And that through that, you're able to really see yourself. And that through that seeing yourself, it's not about liking it. It's not about like, oh my God, I want to do that again. It's just about accepting that that's a part of who you are. I have to ask you, what is your sun sign? When is your birthday? July 30th. Absolutely, Aquarius. So do No, you, no, you know, no, no, no. Uh, Leo. Leo. Wait, you said July. Oh, you said July 30th. I it's was thinking two January days. 30th. Yeah. Oh, your birthday's coming up. Hot ass fire sign. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. July yeah. 30th. What do you know any more of your natal chart? Like your moon or your rising sign?
5: Okay, so I wish I did. I just, what I've really what? gone into is human design. Have you done any human design? Oh,
6: yes. I, well, someone did one for me and I really don't know that much about okay. it. Okay. But I know a little bit. Yeah.
5: I am so into astrology and all this stuff, but I don't yes. know it. Like, I'm just, I'm like a newbie, totally. so I don't have it retained. But no, I don't know any other thing. About well, what it. is
6: your human design? What is your. Um, a generator? Totally. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Totally. I'm a manifesting generator. Okay, totally. But that's really see as that. much as I know. Yeah. Which is
5: great. You just have a lot of ideas and you probably know you listen to your gut and move quickly on them when you want to do them.
6: Well, it's, yeah. It's, it means that I'm always working on like 45 projects You're and I always and tired. Then feel like I'm never, yeah. But I love being tired. And I realized this recently that like I feel like I'll get down on myself, like, um, like, oh, this thing isn't working out or like, oh, that thing isn't going well. But or or I'll be like, uh, oh, I'm not resting enough or like I'm not getting the work, not getting things done. And then I'm like, I like to work like I'd like to work hard. I'd like at the end of the day to feel like there's a job well done. Like,
5: yeah.
6: Or even just like I ran out the clock and mm-hmm. my body now needs to rest. I love but, that. Yeah. <laughs>
5: So going back to like getting to your authentic self to acceptance, so like even talking about when we have parts, things that come up in our personality or our character that like we do that we aren't proud of, but then just instead of staying in that energy of beating ourselves up, instead taking notice of it, and then which yoga does so much and then noticing and changing. What has it been like for you, because I feel like so many people aren't willing to put their journeys out in public It's Mm -hmm. because it's hard to have people weigh in, but like you are putting your heart, your soul out in public. What is it like though when, like you said people weigh in and you don't give into it a lot, sometimes you do, but like, Mm -hmm. what is that like to be on the forefront? of something new like a new mindset mm-hmm. that like people need to understand and for you to be the face of that like that's a big role to carry yeah. and did you know that you're stepping into that role? You didn't. Like No. How did, I did it not come, at all? How did it come to you? Like how do you end up on the cover of Cosmo? Like how do these things happen? Like this was your destiny.
6: Right. And I did not know that that was coming at all. <laughs> um so Well, okay. I started practicing yoga when I was in graduate school and I was going through a period of depression, which I'm prone to depression. So it wasn't the last time or the first time. But a friend of mine at that point suggested that I join her at a yoga class. And I said, absolutely not initially, because I had tried yoga before and hated it. And she convinced me to go. And when I went, I realized that there were so many boundaries inside myself and barriers that I never even questioned, just ideas that I'd internalized about who I was allowed to be. And yoga offered me the spaciousness to, if not break down those barriers, to just look at them and start accepting them. And so that whole practice has always been like medicine for me. And even to this day, I think about the that I keep coming back to my yoga practice because it's the medicine that allows me to be present and survive. And so I started sharing it on social media. I mentioned this a little while ago, but I started sharing it on social media just to make to find community because I felt very isolated where and how I was practicing, and. Um, there were people who reached out to me saying that they'd never seen a fat person practicing yoga and then i had people asking me to come teach them yoga and i was like you don't need for me to teach you yoga there are literally thousands of yoga teachers and i would recommend yoga teachers and recommend platforms to study on and at and people would be like no i don't really care about that i would like for you to come teach me and it was people all over the world and so At a certain point, I was like, I'll go to training, but you know, I'm just going to go and like, I never really thought about being a teacher. It just was not a goal of mine. But when I went to teacher training, and I very much think of myself as before teacher training and after teacher training, because before training, I really thought of my yoga practice as pretty superficial. It was like a place that I go, a thing that I do. Yes, it makes me feel good, but it's not it's not my life path, for example. But when I went to training, I don't think it's saying too much to say that I was, it was like having my heart cracked open. And in that I felt like I could understand why there have to be so many yoga teachers and really why to whatever degree you can, everyone should teach yoga. And it's because the practice of compassion is so subjective and The way that I practice compassion for myself and then practice it toward other people is not going to resonate for everybody, but it could resonate for even one person. And if it resonates for that one person, then that's enough. And if that one person shares compassion with another person, that's how we can start to live in a world where we're all moving from a place of love and compassion and not a place of fear. And right now we're really living in a world where everybody is operating from deep-seated fear. So it's really about like shifting the tide of humanity. But whenever I share my yoga practice, like my yoga practice is not just yoga poses and it's not just meditation. It's really about accepting all of the different parts of myself that are hard to accept. And that means... Saying inflammatory things. It means saying contradictory things. It means being problematic. So much of my second book, Yoke, My Yoga of Self Acceptance, I was scared to even release into the world because it was so different than I'd ever heard anybody else talk about. I'd never heard anybody talk about internalized racism or um, about cultural appropriation in the yoga world, about capitalism, all of these things that, like, because they're such sticky topics, people generally just stay away from them, period. But I'm like, if I'm going to be a yoga teacher, if I'm going to call myself a yoga teacher, then what kind of yoga am I going to teach? Like, I have to teach the yoga, the real yoga. And so that is why, to me, to share those really intimate problematic parts of my life, like talking about my podcast, Dear Jessamine. so much of it is about what it is to be polyamorous and to have multiple partners and for my partners to really be my yoga teachers and for them to be offering that kind of reflection. But to talk about all of that stuff is like really hard because there are a lot of people who don't agree and who are offended by the mere idea of some things that I say. And that to me feels like the practice, It feels like a really hard yoga pose. It's no more difficult than like trying to stand upside down. So I'm like, if I treat every difficult interaction as an opportunity to breathe, to connect with my core, with my center, to turn on and ignite all the different parts of my physical body. And more importantly, really of my subtle body, my spiritual body to really like tap in and say like, what is the lesson here? What can I pull from this? How can I not be so afraid of my fellow man? And how can I see that person as a reflection of myself?
5: That's amazing. And you said something on one of your interviews. You said something like, when we aren't taking care of ourselves emotionally and spiritually, then what's up for grabs is our spirits. And that hit me. I was like, and so many of us in this day and age just let our spirits be taken by anybody.
6: You know what I will say, though? And this is one of the the unseen, in my opinion, benefits of the pandemic is that it really pulled back the curtain in a lot of ways. Like, I think there's so many ways that we were all like hiding from the truth and trying to pretend at each other. And the pandemic has made it where that's just not an option anymore. Like you have to keep it real to some degree. So that I'm like, if we can all just lean into that and say that like, if we can all just lean into that, then I think that we're on the right track.
5: Yeah. Oh, totally. I want to talk to you too about like getting to acceptance. And one of the things you talk about is like having grace with yourself and self-talk in the way that you like all like communicate with yourself. I didn't know for the longest time. And I'm wondering if a lot of listeners didn't know either for the longest time, I didn't realize that I was a total asshole to myself. Like mm-hmm. every single day I would just be like, Completely tearing myself down from the way I looked to the way I did things the way I thought to my capabilities to like everything about myself I just was basically Killing myself with negativity every day and then trying to go out there and be happy and it's like I am in my head telling myself over and over and over every single second of the day why I'm failing why I'm not good enough why I can't do this what's wrong with me and I, it took me, I didn't even know that I had the ability to change it for a long time, that I Mm -hmm. was the one that could rewire the way I talked to myself. And so you talk a lot about that, like having grace with yourself, like learning Mm -hmm. your intuition, learning how to like speak kindly to yourself and be gentle with yourself and believe in your calling and your path. And like, that's like sometimes a very learned behavior that we aren't naturally
6: inclined to do. Well, I mean, you know, Oh my goodness. We're all surrounded by somebody. There's somebody who loves you so much that hates themselves so deeply that they cannot allow you to love yourself. Because if you love yourself... The how that that doesn't confirm them hating themselves. And they also don't know how to show love to themselves. Okay, wait, and say that again.
5: There's somebody oh, who loves you so much.
6: There's somebody in your life who is right next to you, who is so close to you. It is like your closest friend, maybe a family member, maybe your spouse or partner or whoever that that hates themselves and doesn't know how to make space for you to love yourself because they hate themselves and they need to have that confirmed and that they're offering you that energy over and over again and it's hard in that kind of environment to even know that you have self-worth or that you deserve whatever it is whatever your dreams desire like it's hard to get to a place of accepting yourself if you're in community with people who hate themselves. And I'm bringing this up because I feel like that to me has been the biggest thing that I look at is like, who is my community? Who is in my community? How are they impacting what I think about myself? How are the things that they say? How am I carrying those things? And then the next piece of that is saying like, I've talked about it in this paradigm of how do i look versus how do i feel but thinking about when you look in the mirror for instance and you say how do i look when you look in the mirror and say how do i look you're saying what does someone else think about me what how does how does what i think i look like match up with how other people think, even if the other people are literally in your head, it doesn't even have to be like not another real. physical person. Yeah. And usually it's just projections of ideas of other people, mm-hmm. but thinking instead about how do I feel? How am I feeling? And only you can answer that question. How do I feel? And if you say, I feel good, I feel good. If you say you feel good, that means you look good. Always, invariably. Because the only thing that really matters in life to make you look good is confidence. So if you believe it, it's true. And being able to like start to lean away from needing your opinions to be co-signed by other people Mm. is so crucial oh man that's a big
5: one that's huge okay you gotta say it again because that's yeah it's
6: it's like if we can lean away from needing our opinions to be co-signed by other people i've always needed
5: that my whole life jessamine until just recently i have always needed this panel of people, whoever I have put on my personal pedestal to validate what I'm doing to make sure that it's okay. Because if it's not okay, then I'm not good enough. And if you don't think I'm good enough, then I'm not good enough. And so like, exactly. I got to have someone else's opinion who's worthier than me agree to me doing it or else I'm not going to be enough to do it. That's, that's exactly a
6: huge right. moment to get over. Like that's so hard to get through. And in my experience, it's not—it's less like getting through and more accepting that it's always there. Because I feel like every time that I think I've figured it out, I haven't figured it out. <laughs> is there some other level, some other thing to figure out? So that I'm like, I just wanna come home to my body shaming. I wanna come home to my self-hatred and say like, you have space here too. And just be like, look, these are all the corners where self-hatred is hanging out. Here's all the things that I can't accept. And really just let it all be there because the more that I can let it be there, the more that I can be like, well, that's not a fit. I'm not going to keep doing that. Like that self-hatred practice, I'm not going to do that. That lack of self-acceptance, that's not for me. And it just gradually starts to move out, but it can't move out without if you're not willing to look at it all the way and make space for it. Oh, that's it. It has to take up so much space that you're like, I don't want this in my life taking up this space like I need to I need to do something else.
5: That but is, is huge, so hard. <laughs> but that is a huge moment and uh, I want to reiterate what you just said because that is so true. It's like we have this tendency humans where it's like okay, here's that painful spot. Let me put a freaking still door down so I never have to open it. Let yes. me barricade it off. Let me block it away. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to see it. And so I'm Let's just gonna dig a moat actually so that yeah. no one can get to
6: it. Yeah, totally. so I'm
5: never gonna speak of this. We never speak yeah. of this. It's like have y'all seen Encanto. We don't talk about Bruno. You know, like we are not yes. talking totally. about this. It doesn't Absolutely. exist.
0: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail.
5: But then it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And then you have shame because you're living with secrecy. You're living, you're, denying, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to the way you present yourself, the way that you are, because you know you have this secret room that is blocked off of all this self-hate, self-doubt, insecurity, whatever it is that you're just choosing not to look at. But as soon as you look at it and you let it get in there with you and take up space, then you realize I'm actually worth more than this. This isn't true. Like I'm mm-hmm. not gonna like I'm not gonna let you I'm not gonna like hate you for being here because you're here. I'm gonna learn from you and we're gonna like heal this together. We're gonna get to get we're gonna get to the bottom of why you feel this way, pain. Whatever pain you are.
6: Yes. Yes, literally. Like literally and I think that the healing again talk about something that seems more fun than it is I only find he- I exclusively find healing to be very painful and just <laughs> like it's like rehashing all the details until it just sucks so much and then you're like oh now new skin can grow similar to how like if you're trying to clean out a wound you have to get down in it you cannot just put a band-aid on top and it, of it. burns and It burns. Oh, my goodness. And the actual growing of new skin is itchy and painful. And it's like, I don't like this. But that new skin is so much better than the gaping wound. And it just cannot, it won't grow if there's infection underneath. And you have to get all the way into the infection, see every single part of it, and then go from there.
5: And then... I interviewed this other, uh, this amazing author, her name is Shana Nyquist. And she said, then once you have this scar, like it's hard to, it's hard to speak. She was saying it's hard to sometimes share from the wound because you're mm. still so in it, in it. But once you have the scar, you kind of have authority because like you lived mm-hmm. through it, you know, like you yes. survived this wound and it is your wound and your scar that you have healed in, you know, and like paid attention to and dealt with. And now you can speak and share on that.
6: Yes. The scar, the wound is the wisdom. And mm. that's the thing about life is that there's no wisdom that is not a hard one. It's always oh. something you got to go through some shit to really know anything. And like anybody who knows something, if you are wise, you're wise enough to know what you don't know also. And so there's like this space where You have the wound, you have the story, and that's all you can carry with you. And honestly, it's what we carry past this life too, because this body is a rental. And when it Mm. goes, it's like, it was just the thing that carried the stories. And we, in our spirit, carry the inner knowing that lasts beyond our lifetime. That is Powerful. Jessamine, you have done so
5: much work. And like we said, it's not fun. It's not easy. You're putting yourself out there for people to have opinions about your work and your spiritual growth. And like you are holding the space for people to rise up. Like you are holding your energy at this level where you're like, this is where I am. This is the energy that I claim and you Mm. can meet me here. And that is so powerful that you are holding that space for everyone. Within holding it for yourself.
6: I have to tell you, I don't even know that I'm holding anything because (laughs) I feel like I'm so in flux, you know, and like, there's always, especially as I grow as an entrepreneur and really learn that like entrepreneurship is community building ultimately, and that it's all about connections and just being, being true to yourself, but also being accountable to other people. All of that is this constant unraveling of self and constant new journey, new step on the path towards self-acceptance. And I feel like if anything, I'm holding the space of just letting it all be there and letting it all be messy. And Mm. my wellness community, the underbelly, this is something that we talk about quite a lot internally is like, how can we all be genuinely doing the work of healing, genuinely doing and living the work of self-acceptance that then makes space for other people to do the same thing. Because I think that there's a feeling in wellness in general where like you want to show the end result and show the end product and be like, look at this, look at how great life can be when you do blank thing. But the reality is that balance is not, balance is not actually balance. It's quivering and trembling. So being able to say that like, I exist in the trembles, and that some days the seesaw is firmly on one end and it is not in balance. That feels like such a crucial ownership of self that actually makes the space that you're talking about for healing with other people.
5: Because you're claiming to live in it and you're claiming to live in the Trimbles and that's the thing it's like and I think that that's what really shows when someone's truly like in their full like ego and I got to have it be a certain way or else life isn't gonna be good and like this is how life has to be it's like and they have this certainty of like how everything has to be and life has to be this way and I already know how it all needs to play out then it's like that's like a dead giveaway that that person is not at all trying to tap into like this bigger, bigger understanding that we're talking about here. You know, it's like when you have these hard facts that you've already decided the way life is, and you're not willing to be in that tremble and willing to like, let it be painful some days and like go through that journey and uh, open your mind, then it's like, it kind of people give themselves away by the way that they
6: share about how they view the world. (laughs) Totally. I feel like Everybody, (laughs) I always feel like everybody is like on their path. So that like, even the person who is like being like very fake, in my opinion, is being really fake and projecting something that does not exist and like trying not to look at their self-shame or whatever the thing is. I always think like that person is on the path of telling the truth and that this is their truth right now, that they are like, that being fake is their truth or like trying to... Pretend that they don't have problems. That's their truth. And that the process of acceptance has already found them and they are on the path, whether they know it or not. And all that I can really do is just accept them.
0: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast.
1: Rappaport's reality, the reality a of bit. us. We're a figuring bit.
0: out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been Ooh, it would have the, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher.
5: Maybe that person has to live a certain type of life to get to a certain kind of awakening and understanding, where then they can actually be impactful, you know? Because exactly. they lived it another way, and now they actually can see it from a different perspective. It all is a part of the journey. You are such a yogi. Exactly. You are such a true yogi. You <laughs> you speak with the peace of yoga all the time. I love it so much.
6: I'm like I really so like I, I feel like I. <laughs> Okay, so I used to have this whole issue with being called a yogi. It to the point where yoke, my yoga of self-acceptance, the working title for it was Don't Call Me a Fucking Yogi. This is how close, this is how deep it was for me because I felt like um I felt like I did not want to disrespect what it is to be a yogi with the bullshit of my life. I was like, I do not need people thinking that like I'm trying to say that. What I'm, I'm like, I'm a practitioner. Period. Like, I do practice this. It is true, but I wouldn't say that I'm doing anything more than that. And now I think I've kind of eased up. I've eased up on a lot of things over time. But I, one of the things is that I'm like, I, I would agree with you that I'm living the yoga for sure. And, and you have it the is,
5: mentality of the acceptance of all, you know, for yeah, where they exactly. are in their yes. journey, which I feel like that is like the true, in my opinion, one of the true mass points of becoming like truly engulfed in yoga, yogi, I mean, I understand what you're saying. That's a big title, but like, but like to fully be able to accept all on their journey where they are, even if they're really a terrible person at this point in their journey, (laughs) but like, you know, to be able to accept that and understand that it is all a part of this bigger picture and process. I feel like that is
6: the mind of it you know the first thing that i do whenever i hear about like a serial killer or like someone who's done something like completely reprehensible like n- unforgivable is i like look for the similarities between myself and that person because i'm Whoa. like oh my god is this something that i would do oh my god how could this happen but, like it's totally coming from that like selfish like oh my god what the fuck oh my god but <laughs> like how did this happen from... could anyone be this way but so the, but so on that tip i'm like well that person was born You know, they came out of somebody. They came out, we all came out of an egg. So they came out of an egg and they are just trying to survive. I don't know what happened to them during their life that made them this way or made them do that thing. But, and I know this is the hard part. I'm sure they had a good reason. From their perspective, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they had a good reason. And I only know that because I know that. I have, from my perspective, I have a good reason for the things that I do, and I'm no less or more human than that person is. So Mm. just like kind of accepting that everybody is allowed to be complicated and like everybody should be offered the grace of making mistakes and like learning from those mistakes. But I mean, there's obviously so many things that happen in our society that are I, from my opinion, unforgivable. Like they're not, I don't think, and I mean, especially if you have experienced a traumatic event, if, especially if you have experienced a traumatic event and you can directly track to whom that is, a, the why that happened, I think it's completely reasonable to like never let it go and never forgive and be like that person can kick rocks until the end of time because all of that, all of the ugliness of it, that is still yoga. That is still yoking. is still balance wow. and it's still good ultimately.
5: Wow. Gosh. Okay, so you're a great person to ask this question and then I'll wrap up because you're amazing. And I, I read what you do on a typical workday, and you like are so busy going to like all hours of the night. Um amazing.
6: what is the point of this life then? Like, why are mm-hmm. we here? Mm-hmm. I think everybody has a different answer to this. And my my thoughts I want to know yours. My I think we are here to be. I think we exist. I think that we just exist, just to be. I don't think there's any purpose beyond being. And that to be means to live fully in your purpose, whatever that is, and everybody has purpose. This is something that I think gets, because we have this like ranking system of worth and like, does are you working hard enough? And like, are you contributing to society? All the shit that really doesn't matter. But like, everybody has purpose. And as long, in my opinion, as long as you are living in your purpose, then you're, that's the point of life. is, And part of that purpose, I think, is the experience of joy to whatever degree and in whatever form it takes. And that joy can be found at every pivot in life, even in the worst circumstances, that there is something to smile about. And it might not make sense to anyone else. And it might be macabre as fuck. It might be something that is so dark, but it's still joy. It's, and it's still presence. And, um, I think that, especially when you think about like how life is so unpredictable and it could end at any time and it is not, um, there's nothing that is for certain, then all that can be said that is for certain is that you're here right now. And that this is for sure happening right now. And that the present moment is all that we have. And so as much as you can live into the present moment and live your purpose in that moment, to me, that's the point of life.
5: So last question, and then I'll wrap up. How do you find your purpose when you, when Mm. someone feels like they don't know their purpose, they maybe feel like, they have a natural talent, or they're inclined to something, or they're mm. gravitating towards something in particular, like a career field or an outlet or a way to express themselves. But they don't really have any guidance. They don't really have anyone saying this is what you need to do. They You're don't doing really a good job. Mm. Yeah, they don't really have a support. But like they feel like they have maybe a purpose that they don't really know what it is. How do you tap into uncovering it, like to mm. even start chipping mm. away at like what it is when you don't even know where to start?
6: Oh man, this is such a great question. And it's like the million dollar question. And I just feel like the first thing to do is go outside and just try to get as close to the natural world as possible. Get out of the boxes that we live in, get away from air conditioning and cell phone technology and TVs and get to a place where you can feel the grass under your feet or sand where you are able to feel the sun or the like feel the rain or whatever it is but connect to the fact that we are all wild primal beings that came from the earth and returned to the earth and that's where so much of like that feeling of lack of purpose comes from I think is like being disconnected from nature because we ultimately all we really need to do is breathe that's like the whole point of living is just to breathe so if you can just get to that place that from there you'll figure out something that you vibe with like maybe it's laying on your back and looking up at the stars or like especially if you can get into a well I would say this I'm a water sign but I would say like getting into a body of water is really helpful to just remember like this is what's real. This is this is who I am and to just float and be that cuz it's pulling you back to that base level. And then I think aside from finding like practices in nature If you've ever read the The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, she talks a lot about morning pages and just like writing out, getting all the gunk out of your mind. And I feel like that as a practice is so helpful for finding your purpose because sometimes the internal monologue and dialogue is so loud that you can't hear what you can't hear your intuition and you can't feel that gut punch. So clearing out as much as you can just by writing it all out and it really does i think have to be handwritten like pushing across multiple pages and not trying to write anything in particular but just trying to let out the mental uh like rambles that you can't let go of that helps make the purpose a lot more clear and because the then you actually see it. You. Then,
5: then it's like instead yes. of just like having this invisible debate with yourself, you actually put it on paper. You read it, and you go, "Well, that's not
6: true." Like that's, exactly, that's bullshit. Like, why did I Literally, write it that? You can work through so much trauma that way. You can let go of people and places and memories that are just holding you back from accepting what really feels good to you.
5: I. Love that Jasmine. Okay. So tell everyone, let's talk about your two books, your underbelly, yes. how to join, where to find you. You are just this force of nature. I'm so thankful to have had this energy exchange with you. Thank you for coming on and giving me your time. Same. Tell Same me, name.
6: tell me where people can find all the things they need to know. Yes. You can find me on social media at my name is Jessamine, and you can find my yoga studio, The Underbelly, at the Underbelly Yoga. You can try a free two-week trial at theunderbelly.com. You can find my books and literally like everything else that I do, my podcast, Dear Jessamine. You can find all of that at my website, JessamynStanley.com.
5: And you spell it J-E-S-S-A-M-Y-N. I love yes. that name.
6: And you can find my books literally anywhere that books are sold. But you can find Everybody Yoga, my uh, Everybody Yoga, Let Go of Fear, Get on the Mat, Love Your Body, and Yoke, my Yoga of Self Acceptance. And their uh, Yoke is also on Audible as well.
5: Amazing. I always wrap up with Leave Your Light, which is what do you want people to know?
6: Mm. What I want you to know is that you are important exactly as you are right now. Nobody else can live your life. Nobody else can live your truth. And we need for you, each and every one of us, needs for you to live your life and live your light, shine your light in order to be strong. So please do your thing for the rest of us.
5: You're amazing, thank you so much.
6: You are, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to have been here, truly. Likewise.